Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren Conlin, and welcome back to another episode of Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Today, we're going to be exploring the responses of lawmakers and people in power when it comes to Grant and Gracie Solomon. We're going to be doing this with body language expert and returning guest, Tanya Ryman, who I am just so thankful for. She has been so helpful, and now she's just invested in this case, as we all are. So before I get into that, I do want to share an update, something that happened to Gracie and Angie last week that at first we were pretty excited about, and now not so much. Um, So the Franklin police were sent to their house by the FBI. 
So yeah, at first we're like, yes, the FBI is involved. Oh my gosh. But this was pretty scary for Angie and Gracie as they showed up unannounced, pounding on the door, you know, and it was just like, whoa, what's going on? So they questioned Gracie, the Franklin police, for over two hours about her dad, Aaron Solomon, dragging her across state lines and allegedly raping her. So we're over here again, like, yes, finally, something is going to happen. The FBI is involved. Well... Because Angie is just so good about getting receipts of everything because she's been wronged so many times, she got a hold of the Franklin, Tennessee incident report that they passed along to the FBI after speaking to Gracie. And it basically said, oh, (laughs) the case is closed. We already looked into this before and there's not enough evidence. So yeah, that's what Franklin police told the FBI. Not enough evidence. Case is closed. Nothing to be done here. So here we are again, square one. It's just so frustrating and unbelievable. But Angie is handling it, and I have so much faith in that woman. So stay tuned for more on that. So anyway, back to Tanya and about what we're going to be discussing today. I sent Tanya a couple of clips. One of the clips, and the first one we're going to be talking about, is where a reporter asked Governor Bill Lee about potentially opening Grant's case. And this is because Melanie Hicks, um, you know, and I I think I read her letter maybe on the second or third episode of this. Melanie had sent Governor Lee a few letters about Grant. And this reporter was just saying, hey, haven't you seen these letters? What do you plan to do about it? So I'm going to play that clip for you guys. The audio is super funky at first with the reporter, but then you can hear Bill perfectly clear. But if you have time, please search for this clip on Google. Just write Bill Lee Grant Solomon. And that way you can actually see his demeanor where he sips a water bottle. He just doesn't really seem to have any sort of urgency or care in the world. So uh, let me play that clip for you guys really quick. received a letter like that and it's been several months i may have received a letter with regard to that then that letter moves on to our either department of safety appropriately so or legal services to determine if there's any reason for our engagement there but i i trust the the investigative process there and and wouldn't have anything else to say about that Okay, cool. Thanks for nothing. Um, anyway, so we discuss this clip and then we discuss a clip of two female administrators at Grace Christian Academy talking with Angie Solomon about Gracie reporting the sexual abuse about five years ago when Gracie was 11. And you can find this clip in the show notes. And you know what? I am so silly. You can also find the clip of Bill Lee uh, that I just played in the show notes as well. I realized I was like, hey, everyone, go Google. Spend all your time Googling. 
Sorry, I'm out of it. Um, all of every or everything I'm discussing right now is in the episode notes, so you can head there. Lastly, I sent Tanya the clip of the Freedom for Gracie rep acting as a Nancy Grace employee to the Gallatin police chief, Don Bandy, to try to get answers from him. And if you remember, uh, when I discussed this audio, I didn't play it on the podcast because even though this woman didn't impersonate an actual person, she made up a producer name and the police didn't even fact check that name. Great detective work. Uh, this audio would never really hold up in court, especially in a Williamson County court. But um, I just, yeah, I, I don't feel right playing it. I really don't. And I'm reminding you all that Don Bandy has never returned my phone calls. And the assistant chief uh, police, Sorrells, hung up on me when I said Grant's name. But Bandy was just a darling to a quote-unquote Nancy Grace producer. And I want to reiterate... I am pro-police, but oh my gosh, these guys make it so tough. And I mean, if you think about it, like I feel like I'm being very respectful and not playing this audio on this podcast that makes Chief Bandy look like a total fool. So you're welcome. Um, But anyway, before we get to Tanya analyzing all of these lawmakers and people in power, I have to share this with everyone. It's very sad, but also very interesting when it comes to Gracie and Grant's case. So a woman from Gallatin, Tennessee reached out to me to share her story. In 2019, and and you guys are really going to want to hear this, in 2019, her 12-year-old son was assaulted and groomed by his teacher. There were many details and five other children that came forward to share their experience with this teacher as well. Well, in 2020, D.A. Ray Whitley offered this pedo teacher a plea bargain. The parents were furious. And it turns out this teacher's brother was a longtime county commissioner, and his family has deep ties to politics and the community. I say that with a question mark because I'm not actually sure um, of his role, if it was county commissioner or something else. So take that lightly. But very, very involved with the community and Whitley's response to giving this guy a plea bargain, and I'll, I'll get into that in a bit, he claimed they didn't have enough evidence, but literally six kids came forward and said they were assaulted. Now, the incident with this woman's son was actually caught on camera at school and then substantiated by DCS, which got this teacher arrested in the first place. There were also inappropriate texts from this teacher on multiple kids' phones. I mean, just more than enough evidence. So I asked this woman, what exactly did the teacher do to um, your son and these kids? Well, she said he would isolate certain students during recess or in the mornings. He would talk to them about sex, like rape, fisting, drugs, and more. He would ask the kids to come to his house and do quote-unquote yard work. And he gave one 12-year-old booze and simulated a sex act with another child. He watched inappropriate videos with them as well. And um, this is all what the students told their parents. So what happened with her son specifically that was caught on camera? Her son, again, he was 12. He was trying to unjam his locker. And the male teacher came up behind him and humped him like pretty hard and said, you know, you like it. Then the next day, the teacher moved her son to his desk, uh, the teacher's desk to do his work. And he touched his thighs 
And then he attempted to touch his penis, the 12-year-old's penis. Then um, the teacher reached over his desk to get something and then pulled the 12-year-old's head into his crotch. So this very, very terrified but smart kid ran out of the room, ran home, and told his parents exactly what happened. His parents went to the police, told the principal, and get this, it took them three weeks to get this guy arrested and out of the school. Three weeks. I mean, the kid couldn't miss school for three weeks. The poor kid was freaking terrified. So let me tell you what D.A. Whitley did for this teacher. I'm not going to say to this teacher what he did for this teacher. And it's time to say the teacher's name. His name was Robert Ring. So Robert Ring will spend just three years on probation with the chance to have his record expunged after facing sexual battery and assault charges against five or six students. So this was 2019. So it's now 2023. This guy is just walking free without a care in the world. Now, this is what D.A. Whitley said um, about his decision. Quote, The agreement was reached because of the nature of the case and the proof we had. It wasn't the most egregious of proof in any case. We would have had a difficult time actually proving the case, and it could go either way if it were to go to a jury trial. Quote, I'm just, I'm I'm shook. So D.A. Whitley says he was doing everyone a favor because, you know, it could go either way. There wasn't enough evidence. Well, this mother told me there was plenty of evidence, and I just said it all for you um, before. So in the plea deal, um, D.A. Whitley's office agreed to amend a charge to aggravated assault. um, And again, his punishment is three years probation. $630 in restitution, 500 hours of community service, and he had to surrender his teaching license, and he won't be allowed to be employed where there are minors around. And D.A. Whitley said, oh, well, you know, he's never going to be a teacher again, so that's that. We did the right thing. (laughs) So you guys tell me, is D.A. Whitley trying to protect pedophiles? I am so confused. I mean... I, my blood is boiling for the parents in this, in this case and in this school district. I mean, and in this area in general, I, I cannot get over it. I just would not feel safe. So, um, you're going to tell me, DA Whitley, that Robert Ring is just reformed, right? He's fine. You never have to worry about him ever again. Sorry. Pedophilia is forever and he'll do it again. So, um, yeah, sorry. I got very heated with that. That infuriates me, but look at what's going on. DA Whitley won't reopen Grant's case. He just won't. I mean, we've got 250,000 signatures on, um, this petition and I, (laughs) he, he just doesn't care. He's, he's protecting Aaron Solomon and whoever else. Um, but let's hear what Tanya had to say about the clips that I mentioned before. All right, I have Tanya Ryman, body language expert, back again. Oh, and I'm so thankful. Thanks for joining us, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Well, I am just so curious about your opinion and what you make of the clips um, that I sent you. So if you don't mind, can we start with Governor Bill Lee? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I sent you the video as well, and I and I note this, but he... He appears to me, he appears to be very nervous where he takes a drink of his water before and sort of skirts around the issue. But tell me your thoughts. Right, right. So he has terrible body language to begin with. Let's oh. just 
you know, say that to uh, start off. If you watch him, he has what we call a lizard tongue, which means he pokes his tongue out of his mouth constantly. He'll go, which of course I know your listeners can't see, but it's a strong poke right out of the middle of your mouth. Now, he, this is a habit that a lot of people have when they're on camera. They get nervous, the tongue comes out of the mouth. It's horrible, but it is something that if you see it, it becomes part of somebody's baseline. You know that, that they do this typically. And saying that, when I watched him, not only did he do the lizard tongue several times over, which becomes disgusting once you see it because you can't unsee it. And now forever you will watch him and see his tongue poke out. But Everyone he listening. also did some other things. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. He also did some other things. He swipes his lip. So he takes his tongue, he puts his tongue out of his mouth and goes completely from the left side to the right side or from the right side to the left side. And this is also, now this is not his normal. So the normal is the tongue poking out. That's a sign of uh, nervousness and anxiety, along with the water, drinking the water. But what I found to be interesting was when he said, I trust the investigative process, his head bobbled up and down and back and forth. Now we know that when we agree with something, typically we unconsciously nod our head. And when we disagree with something, we unconsciously shake our head back and forth from left to right or right to left. So when you do both, at the same time during a conversation, it's typically because you are struggling to be honest with what you're saying. So that could be on an unconscious level or it could be on a conscious level that he doesn't feel secure in the investigative process. But that head bobble between up and down slight and then side to side slight is a strong indicator that he's struggling internally with the sentence he just spoke. Wow. What what do you make of the tongue back and forth again? I I didn't quite get that. Like was that just nervousness or it yeah, that very well could be. That it's a red flag because a lot of times what you'll hear people say, and this is proven to be true in a lot of cases, but you really have to have more than one signal for this. But typically it's like you're trying to wipe away the conversation. So you swipe your whole lip across to kind of wipe away the conversation. Now, I will also tell you the lizard tongue is often associated with people who are disgusted by what's coming out of their mouth. So it's like a child, right? You feed them food and they try to spit it back out. Their tongue comes out of their mouth and they try to spit it back out. So with Bill Lee, I did watch him and he's either typically discussed with himself in his conversation all the time, or this is just part of his baseline. Now I'm making jokes about that just because you do have to have more than one cue to determine if somebody is feeling the pressure. But he did do the tongue swipe, uh, drinking the water, and then the head bobble was the biggest red flag for me. In addition, he took a very deep breath. It was almost like a breath of frustration when it was his turn to talk. So we went like, and then he starts, he breaks eye contact after the question's asked. And then he looks, I think he looked way down. And then he yeah. made eye contact again. But there was that frustration as if I still have to deal with this. I'm still dealing with this story. Yeah. So those yeah. were all the little cues that I picked up on with him. I'm processing this. This is crazy. I. It's just yeah. so interesting. You are so good at this because I uh, I just got, you know, nervousness, no urgency, just like whatever. He's He's BSing. But this is this is so interesting. And it seems to me like it's very much on the mark here with the whole story. Like he's like, why am I still having to answer this? And also he is kind of disgusted with himself, perhaps. I mean, yeah. I'm not in his head, but I do something interesting, Tanya. Uh, Bill Lee also, he lost his wife. I don't know if you knew this or his first wife in a horseback riding accident and 
the response of his daughter, um, instead of grieving to her father, was his daughter shot herself and she lived. And there was an article I read where he kind of called it like a godly thing. And it's sort of what Aaron Solomon said in his eulogy. Oh, it's a God or Grantly thing, you know, playing on the word godly. Right. So I just, yeah, I I know. So dumb. Um, I did find that very interesting. Just those, those facts about his, his wife, daughter, and how he uh, spoke about it. So yeah, I, uh, anyway, um, is there anything else you want to add to that? Cause that's super interesting. The only other thing, yeah. The only other thing that I noticed was as he was answering, he also kind of, so when you have to look at somebody's face. So for instance, if you look here on my, if you look on the right side of my face, then you'll see that it goes down a little bit more than the left side of my face. The left side of my face tends to pull up a little bit. Right. So that's my basic structure. So before you, anyone can make a determination about somebody's facial expressions, they have to note what the normal facial structure is. So now if I were to be sarcastic, I would raise one side of my mouth, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you see right now this line on the left side of my face, you might think, oh, is Tanya being uh, sarcastic or is she being contemptuous? But yeah. in fact, that's just my baseline. So when looking at Bill Lee, I looked at his facial expressions and the mouth. And one of the things I noticed is when he was answering, he put his head down a little bit. And although his mouth is also crooked, the crooked side lifted up incredibly high, which means he went into an unconscious association with something contemptuous. So again, this was something that clearly bothered him to discuss. And It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I saw it not only with the water, with the lips, with the head bobble, and also with the downward chin, which is suggestive of somebody who's looking down on you, and then the contemptuous one-sided smirk that I saw. So for everyone listening, uh, just to recap, not only does Billy not really seem like he wants to look into this case at all, he's he's very annoyed by it. He's very uh, much disturbed by it. So um, this is, yeah, that's really interesting. Now let's I know there's no video of this, but the administrators, I mean, this this clip, the administrators talking to Angie Solomon about Gracie uh, speaking to them and other kids about the abuse, the essay she was suffering. I mean, that uh, recording was very, very hard to listen to, very despicable. And I just, you know, it, it really upset me. It really gave me just a pit in my stomach. I agree. When I was listening to it, all I kept thinking was, this conversation is more to benefit her as an administrator than it is the mom or the daughter. And that became abundantly obvious as soon as the mother said, 
oh, you know, to help her. And, and then the administrator said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, you know, for her. But in actuality, when listening to it, it's so obvious that it's more like, listen, as someone in her position, I fully understand that she doesn't want a bunch of, you know, youngsters going around talking about molestation. At the mm-hmm. same point, it's just mind boggling listening to her wording and how she, her statement analysis, basically how she truly feels like I get this off my plate. I don't have time for it. And you as the mother should be handling it and keeping your daughter's mouth shut. So I'm just blown away by the lack of any sincere attempt to help a young child who, even if the story was made up, still obviously has a very big issue and needs help. So, you know, whether you believe that this happened or whether you don't believe it happened, the child still came and made this plea for help and is turned away. I think it's such a flagrant view on this school and what they stand for. It was horrible to listen to. Yeah, no. And, and uh, there we, I focused an episode on this somewhat because there was this incident, how I believe how this started was Gracie, uh, her dad, Aaron showed up at pickup one day and Gracie's like, I'm not supposed to go with him. She, she immediately recoiled and, and, and just, you know, for the record, I, after digging into this case, I a hundred percent believe her this, that this was never made up and not made up a hundred percent. I mean, and I will still call it alleged because, you know, it hasn't been technically proven in court. So I keep saying alleged, but I do personally believe that this happened, but she locked herself in the principal's office and said, I'm not going with him. And then, um, you know, and I spoke to one of her friends and her friends said after the administrators called her in, uh, this this young girl who happened to be 11 or 12 and get this, Tanya, they said to her, whatever Gracie Solomon told you or whatever you heard here, it stays here and you don't tell anyone, including your parents. Yeah. So, um, and yep, this came straight from this girl. They said, do not tell your parents. So this school, I mean, you know, Carrie Underwood and Mike Fisher have ties to this school. It's a very wealthy school. They do not want this type of thing buzzing at their school. So you're right. Their, uh, their whole thing is let's protect the reputation over the person. At least that's what it appears. So in this, this clip. Well, I will tell you if this, this young girl is being deceptive, then people are highly motivated to believe her because she deserves an Oscar between watching her Mm -hmm. Crying, the the emotional aspect of how she comes across when she's having conversations, it's so genuine that if it didn't happen, she truly believes that it happened. Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100% when you say that because no one can pull it off this long, this well, unless she either really believed it happened or it actually happened. And I think it's insulting to insinuate that the mother went in and tried to brainwash her when she was primarily with the father for what, five full years? Exactly. She didn't even see her mother. So how could she have been brainwashed? And I've said this before. She literally did not live with Angie. That's number one. Number two, it was substantiated, the abuse, because they did a forensic interview with her and it was substantiated. And then um, thirdly, she she did a drawing and it's the most disturbing drawing that you've ever seen. Uh, so yeah, anybody 
That's and, and you know what's funny? I don't think anyone's actually saying this didn't happen. They're just not doing anything about it. You know what I mean? Like Isn't that's that which, the same thing. It is. You're absolutely correct. You're, you're correct. Mm-hmm. But nobody. I don't think anyone has had the balls. You know, on Aaron's side or on you know on the lawmaker's side to say she's lying. No one said that. But you're right. They're just saying you know this. And and also like why why would poor Gracie want this for herself? This type of right. You know what I mean? It's just like, come on, yeah. guys, think about it. Um, but is there anything else you want to add before I move to the next? Not about that part. No. Okay. All right. So okay, let's go to the audio. Now, this is the audio of a Freedom for Gracie rep acting as a Nancy Grace producer in order to have Don Bandy, the chief of police, uh, the Gallatin chief of police, call her back. Now, I chose not to play this just because... Uh, she was impersonating a Nancy Grace employee, even though they weren't real. I'm just keeping it on the safe side. But let's talk about this in a way for listeners to really understand because they haven't heard the recording. Um, I want to reiterate, I called Chief Bandy twice. He didn't call me back. Apparently, he heard the words Nancy Grace, and he called this person back within the hour. Yeah, I know. Tanya's laughing. Yeah, no, it's great. He because it's so out. ironic. He states, yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, I'm away at a conference right now, yeah. but I'm calling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rather. It, that he does say that he says, oh, I'm at some conference right now, but I wanted to call you back. You guys think he would ever freaking call me back at a conference? No, never. But Nancy Grace, oh, he makes a comment at one point. Oh, I only watch Fox News. That's all I watch. Like kissing her butt. Yeah. But anyway, what did you make of this? Well, there was a few things. The first thing that made me laugh, so the audio is dim in the beginning, right? Yes, yes. At the three-minute mark, she says, I understand, you know, I only have about two dozen points, which sent me hurling over because he tells her clearly he's away, and she goes on. She was so good at pushing him. She goes on to say, that's okay, I understand. I only have these two dozen points to... (laughs) To go over like two dozen yeah. points, so you hear him go in the back. So he's clearly like, "Oh, this isn't what I was expecting." You know? Right. Then at, after that, she continuously says one, two, three, four, five, six. I think six or seven times throughout this, say ten or twelve minute piece that we can hear, she says, "We don't want to make this." Actually, it was we don't we black we back the blue. She says yes, that yes, like seven yes. times. And then she says one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, another seven to eight times. Listen, we don't want to make this about the police unless yeah. we have to. You know? right. So she's strongly encouraging him to speak up and the frustration for him that he keeps sighing. And although he's saying, oh, I fully understand. If you listen, he says consistently over and over again, you know, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and then she starts saying, sure, sure, sure. What does he do? This is typical of a police officer or somebody who's been on this type of job for a long time and knows how to build rapport. So he starts saying, sure, sure. In other words, matching her words and trying to match her voice so that the two of them can sync and it's a little bit easier on him. Mm. Now, of course, she's good at this. She's saying things like, you know, I don't want to make this, I don't want to have to bring this in because if I bring these papers to you, well, then I have to report it. And he's like, I fully understand that. So his conversation was so unsettling because even though he was trying not to answer, he was kind of seduced 
by the idea that it was a Nancy Grace producer. And he started little by little. If she had kept him on the phone a little bit longer, she might have gotten some really good details from him because little by little, he started letting his guard down. And Mm -hmm. I found that to be fascinating that she could do such a good job. And at one point he says, well, yeah, I understand, Aaron. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. He suggested that he understood Aaron's perspective, being that it was, quote unquote, unthinkable to kill his child. Right. Now, here, when you hear a police officer say that, it's such a red flag because, number one, it's not unthinkable. This happens on a regular basis, which is horrifying. And number two, as a police officer, how can you ever put anything into the no column until you, especially when there is so much evidence? So this was a gigantic red flag to me thinking. So in other words, because you don't, you wouldn't kill your three children, then no one else would ever do that. And therefore, if that's your thinking, I don't think you have the right job. <laughs> oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. I could not yeah. agree more. Um, I, I want to add something to this that I don't think anyone really knows. Well, some people might know, but they uh, they talk at the end of this phone call about setting up a meeting with the Nancy Grace PI. Now, right. so there this was... Is, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Dan Hodges or Mr. Hodges? Yes. They, Mr. Hodges? They, they said that, did they? In the, the call? Yeah, Dan I Hodges. I kept, yeah. I'm like, is Dan Hodges real? <laughs> well, he is. Uh, obviously, he did not work for Nancy Grace. They did set this up afterwards, and the PI ended up saying, telling, you know, telling Officer Bandy that, no, that was not a Nancy Grace producer. And yeah. And so wait, so I, this is, this is conflicting, right? Because, and I don't know this well enough, the law, if, if he got to this meeting and they got information, but they did it through a lie, would that even hold up in court or not? I don't know, which could have been why this PI did that. However, this PI was being paid, you know, pretty well for, for, you know, from the Angie or whoever. And, um, and for the record, I don't think Angie, she did not condone this, the, the faking of the Nancy Grace, as far as I know. Um, so I don't think she was super surprised when he kind of outed them and said, Oh, by the way, that was, that was fake when he outed this woman. However, it was really sad and troubling for everyone else because they were this close to possibly getting some answers from the Gallatin PD. But yeah, how would that actually have held up in court? it probably wouldn't have. So um, that was a little bit of contention. And, and I think that that is, it's it's crazy because I have to think this person really had the right intentions. But again, why why would the Gallatin PD want to help after they were being, they were made fools of, right? Or, and, right. and I say this, like why, uh, I guess like, why would Bill Lee want to help us when I keep calling him out or when we're on TikTok saying, Bill Lee, you suck. You're not doing your job, you know? And it's kind of like, we got to find a happy medium here where we don't do that all the time. Um, But man, it's tough. I don't know what to do anymore. Right. Well, the whole thing is like these people, these politicians, the police department, whoever it is, need to take themselves out of the equation. It's not ego versus, you know, did this child experience something terrible? And did this father kill his son? It's just plainly, is there a crime here? And I think that's, when you talk about human nature, that's the biggest problem. We're talking about this police officer. He said at a certain point, oh, I don't take it personally, which means he 
that thought had to come into his mind. For him to say, I don't take it personally, means he thought about taking it personally before he could have not taken it personally. I guess the the potential accusations, like she kept saying, you know, there were mistakes made by the police. And then he's like, I don't take that personally. So when in making this about himself, then obviously he's also saying, I couldn't do it. So therefore it can't be done. So ego needs to be taken out of the equation before anything else can happen because you're right. These are big names, big egos. And when that comes to pass, the question then becomes, why would I now show that I was this wrong? But yeah, and I eventually think that- if enough rocks are uncovered or overturned, then something is going to come out and there's not going to be a choice. And then they're really going to look foolish. Yeah. And I think part of the reason we felt like they weren't going to open it or reopen it is because so many mistakes were made and that would cost, that would cost their department a lot of money to reopen this case of city, a lot of money. And maybe they were like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is people's jobs are going to be on the line because of what we did or what we didn't do, I should say. So I think, um, you know, and, and I want to also add to this, like going on mayor Giuliani's live show last night, my intention, uh, was to, And what I did, I asked Mayor Giuliani for help because he has ties to the GOP. And I truly believe that he can pick up the phone and it will do a lot more good than a change.org petition, which is amazing, by the way. There's 250,000 signatures on it. But that's my intent. And then there were some people on Twitter who were just so, like, disgusted by which I, I understand everybody, you know, has their political agenda. But sexual abuse and death mysterious deaths that we think might be a homicide to me, that's not, that's not a partisan issue. And I just, I'm very disappointed in the people making it a partisan issue. So um, I just wanted to throw it out there. Like whoever wants to help, I mean, come on, if this was me or my family, I don't give a shit about John Fetterman, but if he's like, Oh, let me help you. I'd be like, hell yeah, I'll take your help. Is that a bad example? I don't know. Whatever. But, um, you get no, what I'm it's, saying, it makes you know? sense because it's not about politics. It's just right. about making sure that we have a healthy generation and and strong protection for our children and for you know people in yeah. general. But in this case, primarily, it's just terrifying as a mother and as a citizen of a free world, supposedly, that this man could get away with something like this without there being a serious investigation. This gentleman. Uh, Chief Bambi clearly states, yes, this, the father was the only person that we interviewed because he was the only witness. And then we shut it down. Like, how could you say that when there's so much evidence? And again, as somebody who is not in the police department, I don't know what the the true evidence is, but I do know that if somebody is dragged down an entire cement block and his head is punctured, then there should be a trail of blood someplace. And that would be the first question to ask. How is that possible? So Mm -hmm. there's so many little cues and so much evidence that I can't understand why they wouldn't just reopen it, do some investigation and you then say, and everybody, job. girlfriend, yeah. you and everybody. Yeah. And again, which is what is leading so many to believe that something else is going on because right. we've said it. Who cares about Aaron Solomon? Just reopen the case, put the guy in jail. Who, what do you, like, who cares? Like he's just right. yeah. an why this one person be protected. Right. Why is this one person so protected? I I don't know. Um, but Tanya, thank you so much. And thank you for, for just being invested with us in this case and continuing to join us. So I will, um, I'm sure I'll be hitting you up again soon. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. You have a great day.
Ooh, that was body language expert Tanya Ryman. And yes, she is such an expert. I mean, I, I'm still thinking about Governor Lee's lizard tongue, the way she described it as a toddler spitting out food, because it makes so much sense. Like he probably isn't thrilled about what's coming out of his mouth when it comes to this case. Cause I feel like deep down, a lot of these people know something is just not right. Something is not right here. It doesn't add up and they know it and they know that you all know it. So um, something else I said that I'm still kind of struggling with here is calling out all these people in power and these lawmakers like the Gallatin PD, DA Whitley. I'm very guilty of it. I mean, I, I don't expect these guys to be like, all right, let me just help these people after they are making a mockery of us on social media and XYZ. And, you know, it comes from a place of frustration. Like, hey, maybe if we scream loud enough, but, you know, looking from the outside in, I I don't know if maybe that's the correct approach anymore. So it might be worth a little rethink. But anyway, um, everybody who's listening, thank you so much. We will be back next week with another episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.